Hi everyone, this is Peter Vantine at First Love Ministries. Mark will be taking the next few weeks off from his regular weekly podcasts. In place of that, we'll be bringing you a pre-recorded message that Mark gave a while back entitled, God's Extreme Makeover. We hope you'll enjoy it, and here's Mark. The title for this message is called God's Extreme Makeover. Guess where I got that from? It comes from this show called Extreme Home Makeover. For some of you that may not have seen it, just let me summarize it real quickly for you. And why I think most of you have seen it and why a lot of people like to watch it. Different than a previous show years past, This Old House, which was really about fixing up a house. Even though this is entitled Extreme Home Makeover, I think what really draws us in is the fact that it's not so much the makeover of the house as it is the makeover of a house that makes a difference for a family. Right at the very beginning, somebody picks a family who is in a very desperate situation, whose lives are in real hardship, but a lot of times the homes are a mess. And so what happens is that somebody decides they're going to come and do something for this family. The family goes away, they get treated like royalty, and then this crew comes in and they do this extreme makeover of this house. Inside, outside, landscaping, appliances, furniture, right? But the best part of the show is when they bring the family back. And the family's standing there on the other side of the bus, right? And then the bus moves. And then you got that like shock and awe thing, you know? It's, oh, and tears start flowing and Mr. Energizer Bunny, Ty Pennington, you know? I mean, the dude's just, he's working the scene and the volunteers are crying and everybody else is crying and the family's crying and you're crying and it's like, wow! And it's not just because the house is amazing, right? It's what is amazing is that what we hope this will do to better this family's life. That's what tugs at our heartstrings. Well, as I was thinking about preparing this series, that's when this idea came to my mind that God had this same intention when he looked at our lives. And he saw the mess, and in that case, you're in my life prior to Jesus probably looked an awful lot like that first house. Burnt out, ruined, a mess, looking pretty worthless, like it ought to be condemned, destroyed. But God took interest in you and in me. God took interest in these families and said, I can make a difference. And so God decided he was going to make an extreme makeover of you and I. But not just so that our lives would be better. He wants to make an extreme makeover of you and I so that when the bus gets pulled away, that people get to experience our lives like that house so that other lives get touched and blessed and benefited. That the extreme makeover isn't just for us, but it's to bless others whose lives are like that broken down house. God's heart, God's passion is to do something in us, to make us over. Look at these scriptures that would actually help us see the fact that God really intends to do a makeover of us. It says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Now the word sanctify means to make holy. It means to set us apart, to make us like God. 
And you notice that he didn't just say a little bit. I forgot to mention this one other point about this is that when the producers came to this house and wanted to help the family, the thing is they could have made a choice to do just enough to help them get by. Now, that would have been a lot just to help them get by, <laughs> right? Maybe they come with those big blue tarps, you know, and just at least keep the rain out. Maybe throw some plastic over the windows. Maybe, um, you know, fix a few things, pay a few bills, and then hope they get by. But that's not the way it was, was it? They don't just do enough to help the family get by. They do an extreme makeover. And so now if you go forward to those scriptures, is that that's the same idea, is that God didn't just save us so that we could get by. His goal isn't just to do a little of this, a little of that, so that you can get by until finally we cross over. God wants to make this extreme makeover. So we have this one text where he says he wants to sanctify us, change us, make us like God, set us apart for his purpose through and through. Not just a little bit to get by. How about this next text, Hebrews 13, 21. He says, may the God of peace equip you. The New King James, I think, maybe is even a little bit closer in the idea, the translation of the Greek here, where they say, make you complete. Right, to equip you, to make you complete, is not just to do a little bit so you can get by. Making complete means doing a full makeover. Hello. All right, third verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, he says, And we, who with unveiled faces all reflect, and again here in some of the translations they use the word contemplate or behold, the Lord's glory are being transformed, which comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now again, sanctify, equip, make complete, and now this word transform, and this is where we get the word in the Greek for metamorphosis. Metamorphosis is not some little just done to get by thing. I mean, if you were a caterpillar, thank God there's some more metamorphosis going on. I want to be that butterfly. <laughs> I mean, I don't want you just to improve my little caterpillar life, you know? I mean, I'm looking for the extreme makeover deal. Thank God it's a metamorphosis. God's intention is not to just give us enough to get by, but to metamorphosis us, to make us something into something radically different. So you look at all the words, sanctify, equip, make complete, transform. To me, these are all makeover words, not get by words. But then you have the part that I took out of that previous verse. We'll look at it again now. It says, And we who with unveiled faces all reflect or contemplate, behold, the Lord's glory, are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord. Again, he's the one who's doing it, who is the Spirit. Now, we hear this phrase from time to time, but sometimes I think it's important for us to pause and just look at it again to realize into his likeness is an extreme makeover. Hello? Think of where you were. Think of what your life was. Thank God. And that his desire, though, is not to do enough to help you get by, that he wants to do this thing that's just extraordinary, the likeness of Jesus. It's amazing. 
It's like he sets the goal right out there. You're like, you know, like when you come to a site, it would be like going to that old site and they put that thing in the ground, you know, that's got the picture of that house. This is what you're going to become. This is what God's going to do. Well, it's the same thing now. What I want to do is like put the sign in the ground and remind us when he says, here's what I'm going to do in you. This is what I want to do in you to make you in the likeness of Jesus. Let's look at a couple of those things. The first thing he wants to do is to transform our minds. To transform our minds. Most of us have heard this verse at one time or another. Romans 12, 2. He says, do not be conformed any longer to the pattern of this age, but be transformed. It's the same Greek word again for metamorphosis. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be able to test and approve or discern what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, the thing is, again, man, our minds are a mess. They have been so filled and ruined and destroyed with lies, untruths, shaped and molded into the ways of the world and the ways of the kingdom of darkness. Our minds need a serious makeover. Right? So that in the end, what his primary goal in all of that is that he would renew our minds so that we would know and own and live the truth. And God knows that's some work to do on us, isn't it? And that just doesn't happen overnight. And then see, I think the second thing that he wants to do is to change the passion, the desires in our hearts. I love this verse. Jesus only just says this one passing phrase, but I've always hung on to it. Where Jesus said in John 14, 31, he says, so that the world will know that I love the Father and that I do exactly what he has commanded me. Boy, I long for that to be the thing that rises up in my soul. I wish that every day, throughout the day, that was the one thing on my mind, is Father, I love you, and I want to do exactly what you commanded me to do. You are my passion. You are my desire. You are my love. You are my joy. I want to do this for you today. Well, how many of you know that's going to take some serious makeover? Because that is not normal for us. Right? Most of our passions are, are arising out of our flesh, arising out of that brokenness, that mess, passion for sin, passions for self-indulgence. We got all kinds of passions going on, and they sure, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, they're not that, are they? They're not passion that the world would know that we love the Father and that we do exactly what he's commanded us. There's some work to be done. The third thing, see, is that then he works this down into our hearts and it transforms our character. Paul summarized it this way. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bear with one another. And forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. And over all these virtues, put on love. That's not normal. That, in my opinion, is going to call for an extreme makeover. Because that's not normally how we react, normally how we respond. God's got some work to do. And the thing I love about this is that in this passage here in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, Paul is actually, when he talked about this ever-increasing glory and as we look into the Lord's glory, 
he was actually referring to a moment in Israel's history when Moses, remember the story, then Moses goes up to the mountain and he's in the presence of the Lord and his countenance has changed so that it's radiating and people could see the glory of the Lord as it were. The glory was reflecting. Well, the amazing thing is that while Moses is hanging out with God, he at one point says to him, God, I want to see your glory. In Exodus 33:18, it says, Then Moses said, Now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I will proclaim my name, Yahweh the Lord, in your presence. And then he says, When my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Now here's the thing I love about this. Moses asked to see his glory. God says, I'm gonna pass by, show you my goodness, but my glory's gonna come by too. And the thing that I love about this is that there's other ways we could define the glory of God, especially in terms of his being. You know, that he's internal, that he's infinite, that he's all-knowing, all-powerful, always present, that he's sovereign, that he's great, that he's mighty, that he's the creator, that he's all that. But see, you and I can't become that. The other thing I love about this is that when God finally comes by, he says this. Let's look at that text. God comes by and he says, he passed by in front of Moses and proclaimed, Yahweh, Yahweh, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Just a reminder that we'll be bringing more segments from this message over the next few weeks. Mark will return with his regular weekly podcasts in September. If you'd like more information about First Love Ministries or would like to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, you can visit us at firstlovedministries.org. Or you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Hope you have a great day. God bless.